This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies presented by ESPN. I am Matt Bungard and with me today, AAP's own Scott Bailey. Hello. G'day Maddie. how you doing? Scotty, good to have you on. Haven't heard your voice on the show since the preseason. You, of course, were uh, traversing your way around uh, the UK, covering uh, the men's Australian cricket team in the Ashes for a couple of months. How was that? It was great. It was. Uh, I was thinking about it the other day. I reckon probably saw the four best Test matches I've ever seen live, all played in one series. So pretty much every and the World Test Championship was a pretty good game too. Mm. So yeah, it was. Um, one of the best sporting battles I've seen as far as a long series goes. And now I'm trying to wrap my head back around rugby league and what I've missed. So I assume yesterday was my first day back on rugby league in three months. So I assume Souths are still leading the comp. Yep. Moral victories. Yep. yep. Well, yep. I'm big on moral victories now. Scott. Yes, so we stopped having actual victories. So now I need to have <laughs> moral victories. So yeah. Laurie is still battling. Um, oh, Cowboys. night's terrible. Wouldn't spoon. Yeah. Newcastle terrible. I assume they're yeah. battling for the spoon. Yeah. It's been Correct. a, been a weird awakening back the last couple of weeks. I mean, I kept an eye on things over there, but didn't watch it as closely as I normally would. So the last couple of weeks, I've had to wrap my head around a few um, few different scenarios, shall we say. But you're back now, firing on all cylinders. And uh, what, what games were you, what games were you at this weekend? Just did the one. So uh, the blockbuster that was Manly v Bulldogs yesterday. Of course. Well, hey, hey, hey. There are some big front row Friday implications, but that we'll get true. to that. We'll get to that. But we've got to go back to actual Friday to start the show with the Warriors 18 beating the Dragons 6. Uh, once again, like the Warriors doing enough, not looking convincing at times, but at the same time, just taking care of business. It's what they've done the last month or so now, isn't it? Against mm. some lower ranked teams. Um, you know, it, it sort of had the feel of, I always think you get these games at the back end of a season where you've got a team that's playing for a lot, a team that's not playing for much. They sort of hang in there for however long. Happened a few times, the Melbourne Gold Coast games, another one this weekend. And then sort of late, they fade away. The Tyrell Sloan era in his own end goal was, <laughs> can't believe that. Uh, but the Warriors, yeah. I tell you, Maddie, look, I've been thinking about this the last couple of weeks. Are they a bit like the Sharks from last year where they're, they're going to be a top four finisher? Um, you know, they're, they're going to enter the finals a whole heap of hype. They'll probably be the people's team going into the finals. Mm. Um, but I'm still not convinced that they can do much else come finals. It's been, yeah, Sharks last year going a long way back. Penrith 2010, was it? Like yeah, the, the bomb that, those, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Those kind of teams where uh, everyone's excited they're in a the top four, but you kind of question what they're going to be able to do once they I, get there. I just wanted to see them play one more good team in this stretch. And that's not their mm. fault, right? They can only play the teams that are in front of them and they're still beating these teams as much as it's sort of, as much as they're sort of making it look hard at times in these games, they're still winning every week. Right. But there is something to coming into the finals, just beating up on teams of like 13th through 17th mm. in the, in the final month of the season. They can't do anything about that. It's just a shame for them. I think, I think they'd probably agree that they'd rather have some sort of have faced some sort of sterner test at some point during this late season run as well. But yeah, I, I, I kind of agree, mate. And it, but you know, hopefully they prove us wrong because anytime a team comes from nowhere to sort of be a part of the final series in 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 a significant way, it's always nice to see. And the Warriors are a team that most people can get behind. I think, yeah. especially given the sacrifices they made a couple of years ago, and now they're back, they're selling out their stadium every week. Although apparently they'll have to play games at Eden Park if they get to certain stages of the finals, which I think is a shame. But hey, even more fans there. Can't be hurt. Can't be a bad thing for the game. But 
yeah, just this past month, they've just really struggled to impress whilst winning every game. And I guess that whilst we can sit here and be like, oh, yeah, they're, they're not looking great. They are just winning. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It is, and it's, yeah, it's 18-6 against the Dragons. It's a, it's like a 10-point win against the Tigers. It's like a, it's a narrow win against Manly, like all these teams that aren't going to be in the, playing finals football. But at the same time, they are just winning and winning and winning. And to be fair to them too, like if, if you know, and maybe that's a bit based on reputation, what I'm saying, and I'm guilty, as I will probably say a few times in this podcast, I, I maybe missed some of their, their real great games in that middle part of the year. But like, you know, I think if, if Penrith was doing this or, um, you know, if, if uh, Melbourne was doing what they're doing or even, you know, Cronulla or whatever now, like we probably wouldn't be asking the same questions, but it's because yeah. the Warriors haven't been there before. That, you know, this will be their highest finish since the mid two or early 2000s, in fact. So, um, you know, they'll have a home final for the first time since 2011 or 10 or eight. Sorry, that period in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but I've forgotten. But anyway, the point is, like, it's been... It's been a while since they've been in this position. So maybe we're just looking at it on reputation alone and going, oh, well, are the Warriors really that cool? Whereas if they had a few years where they'd done this, we wouldn't be concerned about their run-in. So maybe it's unfair to judge them this way, like you say. Mm. But, you know, they're they're certainly not setting the world on fire, but they're still winning games. It's going to be enough to probably get them third spot in the ladder. Um, Adam Fanua Blake is having the kind of year that, you know, if, I think if, if, if Paynehouse didn't exist, it'd be proper the year. Well, look, I mean, and, and to be fair to him, like there's been times in his career where he's threatened to do this. I think in 2017 and 2019, 2019 in particular, was really good. I thought him and, um, you know, there's you and him, Martin power at Manly, and they were among the best front row pairing in the game. But he hasn't been able to do it for this long um, before, whereas this whole season he's been great. Discipline's been a lot better than it has been in the past for a lot of that as well, to be fair. Um, Luke Metcalf, I know, has got injury concern yeah, at the moment. That's a shame. Been, yeah, and it is a shame, but he's been really good. Um, their right edge has looked, well, you know, it's funny, it's looked unstoppable. The only time it's been stopped was when Jacob Little was playing on the right, on the left wing for the Dragons and, and had, um, had Burns inside Lock, him. Lockdown of, defensive back. Yeah, but outside of that, um, um, you know, their, their, their right edge has looked really dangerous. So there's a lot to like there, but yeah. I, I'm, I'd still want to be convinced come final. I agree. And uh, look, you go back and you look at it like they only they only played, they, they, they lost to the Storm, they lost to Penrith, they lost to the understrength origin Broncos, lost to the understrength origin Souths. Like they haven't, they haven't really knocked off any of the top teams. Yes, they beat Canberra twice. They beat Cronulla twice as well. I think that's probably their most impressive win was when yes. they blew the Sharks off the park back in round 20. And then you go all the way back to round one, they beat Newcastle. But, yeah, which, you know, yeah, which is a different, different Newcastle team to the one yes. we have now. But, you know, they got blanked by the Roosters. They got, well, like, beaten by Penrith and, and the Storm. So they, they've had t- some tough results also. But, yeah, they have benefited, I think, from not playing any of those top teams more than once, really. Yeah, yeah so, it's, it is. It but, is hey, a... you can make your own luck at times, I guess. And they are, they are what, on a, on a, seven, they haven't lost since that, since that South game, right? So, yeah, correct, yeah. The seven seven wins in a row. Yeah, they have not really been sternly tested, but seven wins in a row is hard to do no matter who you're playing against in the NRL. So uh, a lot of credit goes to them and, of course, to Webb Lasso. I will say before we move on, um, I, I know it might technically be a knock-on by the rules, but that try after f- five seconds should have stood for the vibes. Well, I was trying to think about this the other day. Would that have been the fastest try in NRL history? I it's think the Parramatta-Broncos game where it was Adam Blair drops the ball. Oh, yeah. Oh, you reckon that was quicker? I don't know. 
Um, you need to pull the tape out. Should have asked. Should have asked the editor at large. That that memory haunts his dreams. But um, <laughs> yeah, you had to pull the tape up. But that was all. That was the only one I could think of off the top of my head that was remotely similar. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good shout. But um, yeah. No, it is a knock on. It is a knock on. There's. It, it's funny. Like it's one of those rules that they seem to have. I remember there was one back in like the mid two thousands. Actually, the, the famous one was. It's another manly reference was the was when Brett Stewart tapped one over Benji Marshall back in 06 at Brookvale. And that was like awarded a try. And it's almost felt like at that point in the mid 2000s, it was sort of like one of those rules that was forgotten that you couldn't tap the ball over another player. But in the last um, five, 10 years, it feels like they've remembered that rule exists. Yeah. It is rule. So yeah, no, it was the right decision, but you no, right. I, they, 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 I think they disallowed it for a knock on. Well, you're I right. Think, they did too because they, they they disallowed it because he because he bumped it into Chance's um, yeah. hands. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Sorry, because I hate the, I hate that tap on rule. Because what else is he supposed to do there? There's no other way he can get the ball. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, that's a good point. I, you I, are right that that is a rule, but it's kind yeah, of an I annoying thinking, rule to me. Yeah, like right. I don't really get why it, it. I don't really get. I get why it's there, but I think in situations like that, like Lovax can't catch that ball, so he should be allowed to contest it somehow. But yeah, he did knock it into chance anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, that Alvar try was after 13 seconds, so this one would have been the fastest try ever. Yeah, there you so, go. There you go. We were robbed of history robbed by of history. the rules. <laughs> Damn rule book. Yeah. Uh, okay, moving on to the second game on Friday night. Uh, the Dolphins are playing the Cowboys. It was funny, mate. So like, obviously, went into this one as a, as a South fan, hoping that the Dolphins could do us a favor and knock the Cowboys out of contention, so I wouldn't have to worry about it. But I wasn't like, A, I was like, well, look, we probably need to win next week anyway, so it doesn't matter. They can't catch us if we win next week. I didn't realize if the Cowboys won by like 60 points that there was a world where Souths could win next week and still miss the finals. Yep. So, And I only realized it's at half time in this game. It's <laughs> at 24 nil, wasn't it? And I'm like, shit. <laughs> like, are they going to go on with this and, and, and put up a burger or something? But thankfully, the action ma- massively slowed down in the second half and they only ended up winning by... 24 i think i think now the situation is that if souths win by a field goal which is obviously the smallest margin you can win by uh the cowboys need to win by 39 against penrith so i think i think it should be okay yeah i mean i'm winning for souths or what does i did write this yesterday so yeah essentially yeah a win for souths concerned about there but but um Geez, the Cowboys look look slick, don't they? They look really. Well, the, slick I up don't there. understand this football team. Like they were yeah. scoring some of the sickest. Like you go back to that patch, purple patch they had. So basically, you know, they got absolutely pumped by the Tigers at Leichhardt back in round twelve, and then from round fourteen against the Storm, they rattled off that period of like win after win, culminating with, with that with yeah comfortable wins like the Souths win, um, the Storm win where they put forty five points on them, mm. like all these really good performances. And of course, culminating with that seventy-four nil win up in Townsville against the, those same Tigers, and I think it was around that time where they beat your beloved Sea Eagles, where I declared them to be probably the third or fourth best team in the comp. Mm. And but then they just fell in a heap again over over the over the month after that. They, they were well beaten by the Titans, well beaten by the Broncos, well beaten by the Sharks. But now they come back into this game. It looks like they haven't missed a beat against a Dolphins team that we gave a chance to in this game because you know they, they had a better lineup than they've been able to field much in recent history and, and yeah you're right mate this was the cowboys of a few weeks ago and again they looked slick they looked like they could score every single time they went to football again scotty drinkwater everything going through him and th- they were just so impressive yeah they look like the team that beat like as you say melbourne penrith um your south and obviously 
demolish the Tigers, beat Manly on that run. Like, it, it, And it's funny, they're the kind of team that, like, it feels like every year we get to the finals and we say, oh, well, the teams that finish seventh and eighth, like, they've got a bit of momentum. Oh, the teams are falling or you go, geez, mm-hmm. this team will be dangerous if they make the finals. And the Cowboys sort of fall into that category where, like, honestly, who knows what could happen with the Cowboys in the finals. Like, If they play that kind of football they did the other night, they play the kind of football they did for the mid part of the season, obviously they get Val Holmes back if they make the finals as well. Like, they actually look like a team who could do a bit of damage. You probably don't want to run eighth and, and come against the Knights because I think that might be a bit tough for them. But they, if they bumped into, say, South, uh, sorry, if they bumped into Sharks or the Raiders um, in the first week of the finals, you'd, you'd probably say they're every chance of going through if, mm. they, if they play that kind of football. And then all of a sudden they're on a bit of a hot run again going to the second week of the finals. And it's and 2017 all over again. Yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? Except they haven't got 45 injuries like they did in 2017. No. <laughs> that's probably yeah, the they're one. a funny old team, are they? They've not been rabid. Like, there's some teams where you can make excuses for the, their dips in form or their drop-offs and the, like, whether it's injuries, suspensions, whatever else. Uh, they haven't had any of that. They've been relatively consistently healthy this year compared to... I know they've missed guys for, like, little patches here and there, but they've yeah. not been anywhere near as stricken with the injury slash suspension bug as, oh, maybe the suspension bug actually, but they haven't been nearly as stricken with the injury bug as, as anybody else. So yeah, it's, it's funny to see them in this situation now where they're basically having to cheer for the roosters on, on Friday night and then having to go to Penrith and play what we believe will probably be a full strength Penrith team and and get a win there. So it's remarkable for a team that was so good last year and in several games this year, including this one, have just looked unstoppable. They just, on that though, they can, if, even if the Bunnies get up on Friday night, they can still make it if... Oh, if Canberra lose, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there is, I mean, there is some bizarro world where the Raiders put a cricket score on the Sharks and the Cowboys put a cricket score on Penrith and they go through. But the yeah, the more realistic thing they're hoping for is, um, is you know, probably they win and the Raiders lose. I think that's their easiest... Um, path through but on on the Cowboys my, my thing always is when you look at a team that's had a run from nowhere in the previous year and it, like I'm always wary of a team that has a lot of guys who have careers at once that are unproven careers like and it maybe it's going to be the thing we talk about next year at the Warriors to an extent although like guys for them it's guys like Johnson and that and you know sort of who has sort of stood up but like the Cowboys last year had a lot of guys who had the best year of their career by some margin they were young uh, guys like Nanai, um, did you know, and um, uh, Cotter, like a lot of guys who who played incredible yeah. football. And it's always like I'm. I always question whether that same group you can have all of them back it up to have a second year that was just as good as the previous year. And, and for mine, that's where the Cowboys' issues have been this year. Like that, those guys just haven't played as well as a you know individually. All of them haven't played as well as they did last year for the most part. Plus, there's always been the talk about what their preseason was like. That was a really, you know, poor start to the year for them. I think there's the factor of career. Like, I, for mine, they were always a concern this year and how they're going to go. So I, I can't say I'm that surprised by the fact that they find themselves in this position. You know, if you purely on um, on that factor, but and that and that kind of explains, I think, also why at times this year they've looked so good and they've looked like the team that they were last year, but they haven't been able to do it consistently because, again, you're asking guys to back up after a career year last year. Sorry, I've kind of rambled there. But no, you that's get fine. I get, I get exactly what you're saying. Like It's difficult to trust guys to do it once and you want yeah. to see them do it more 
more than once before you can sort of take it for granted the following preseason. Yeah, I totally get yeah. that. And that's, I guess that is kind of what's happened with some, I don't think it's, it's funny. Like I don't think any of those guys, you know, they've had like bad seasons, but no, you're right. But they've they, not been as good as they were. And of course, now I've missed about 400 games due to suspension. Yeah. So, but they've kind of, fought, they've kind of played the football that you expect them to play as yeah. reasonably as good NRL players, but not, you know, out and out mm. best players in the game. Whereas last year, like Nanai was, the form second row in the competition by the Sydney holes. Like Ruben Cotter was, I mean, Ruben Cotter's still been really good this year, but Ruben Cotter was so good last year. Um, Talagi out in the win was, was so losing good. Tom Gilbert hasn't helped them. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. The Tom, Gil- yeah. Like obviously Tom Gilbert leaving, but um, all, all those situations, but yeah, I think there's like, there's, there's a lot of those things that are, um, you know, it sort of explain why a team. Yeah, for sure. The, you know, right in the bottom of the four to battling for the eight. Yeah, I was disappointed by the Dolphins when I thought they had the cattle on the field to make more of a fist of this. But um, yeah, they, they just looked a bit flat. I think they're a team that have, I know they've only won, what, eight games, but I think they have overachieved this year to an extent. They and were up for a long time, weren't they? They were. Okay, and a they lot really of their wins were. were built on emotion early in the season. And, yeah. You know, what, what Wayne was able to do to get them up. Um, yeah, they, they, they sort of look a bit, tired in some ways don't they like a team that's that's put it that front a lot of energy into their year they haven't got a lot of depth i know like i said they still have the cattle on the field to, to challenge and win that game but they just look at the tired team coming in this season yeah but uh, before we move on there was one incident in this game that i actually i don't tweet much during games anymore but i did tweet about the kyle felt thing like i i understand that he's obviously not trying to kick sean o'sullivan in the face of course but he is intentionally throwing his legs out. He's done it before. I've seen like seen him do that move in the air plenty of times. And he does kick a guy in the face. And you can say it's an accident. But by the and this is what I said, but by that token, every high tackle, my well, sorry, ninety-five percent of high tackles are accidents. Every knock on is an accident. Like most of the things in rugby league that are errors slash penalties are accidents. You don't have to have intent to give away a penalty or to concede possession of the football. So if you're throwing your legs out like that, that to me is objectively a dangerous motion in the game. And he's collected a guy in the face with his studs. And I'm glad O'Sullivan was okay because that's that's something that could have been a lot a lot worse. And it was just it was just play on. What what did you make of that? I I was I was a bit perplexed by it. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I think I had the same thought on um, on Friday night was that you, this is the you know if if you make if a guy falls into your arm while you're making a tackle, so if a guy so if a guy's head drops into your arm or shoulder yeah. while you're making a tackle, it's a high tackle. Yeah, and that, that's accidental. So by the same token, if you make accidental contact with someone's head that is dangerous, then that by definition is dangerous contact. Uh, and, and we see plenty of dangerous contact charges that are, I'm not saying should have been charged, but we see plenty of dangerous contact charges or penalties for dangerous contact that aren't deliberate. And I don't know why this one would be different. It, it's sort of, I mean, the obvious one it reminded everyone of, I'm sure, was the Slater. It's straight uh, first thing I thought of. David yeah. Clemmer one. I'm sure everyone thought the same on that. And that was penalised, right? Like Billy was put on report for memory mm. for that. So, you know, I thought we established back then that it was therefore an illegal play. Um that was considered dangerous. So, um, yeah, I was a bit perplexed as to why uh, that one wasn't a penalty. And I can absolutely understand why Sean O'Sullivan was as frustrated or upset as yeah. he was about the situation. And then Kyle Felt scores two minutes later. <laughs> Lots of rubs. Rub yep. But, dear, oh, dear. But I think that might be one they look at in the offseason. Who knows? 
but well, I mean, I never know. Then do they need to? Well, like, do you? If they just, I mean, what are the rules regarding flailing your legs out when you're jumping up to make a catch? Like, I assume that what Felt did isn't allowed anyway. But that's what I thought. Clearly, I'll tell you what, it is. So I, I am seeing Graham Anesley in approximately have many other time this afternoon i will ask the question and the I'll always entertaining monday afternoon press conference oh i've missed it i've missed it <laughs> i'll bet you i bet you when you were at lords watching some thrilling test cricket you thought geez i missed the monday briefing i was sure i was sure to put the replay of it oh i bet years. you were mate. well just help you sleep or <laughs> uh, i can confirm i've listened to uh zero monday briefing since i mate, i would be very concerned if anyone <laughs> was listening to those in their spare time apart from possibly our good friend martin journalism gabor martin i assume if if oh no he wouldn't have had a holiday if he had a holiday they probably didn't go ahead one week because there would have been no one there exactly <laughs> if, I was in, if i was in england he was on holidays which i doubt he's taken a holiday but if he did uh are you, are you and marty back on speaking terms can i ask that on on the podcast oh uh, yeah we're fine we're fine <laughs> time heals all wounds um but yeah it's mate, it's like that press for the other week with that poor guy in in perth by himself with wine chatters my, my colleague yeah. great guy by all accounts i don't know him but i had a mate over from perth during the world cup ben smith who was defending uh mr chadwick can, can i say he made passionately the greatest protein balls so okay. he's a he's a yeah so he's a um he's vegan and he he what? has his yep and he has these um i thought i was the only vegan sports writer in australia no justin chadwick and he's i wish oh, me mean this guy should be best friends he's honestly he's a great guy and he has this um so he grows all his own stuff in his backyard and he's very i don't know he's very good at this kind of stuff and he when you cover a test match in perth he just feeds you for five days it's great and he brings these protein balls i don't know what they've he's explained to me what they've got in them but it's a I'm not a foodie and I also just am no good at mem- remembering this stuff. But um, anyway, I'm sure the listeners don't care for this, but honestly, no. great guy. Yeah. Great protein balls. Well, I and, care. So that's all that matters. All right, get what in- does he actually call them? I can't remember what he calls them. I don't know. Get in touch with him for me. We'll do. I'll, I'll tell you what, next time you go to Perth, I'm sure I'm sure he'll give you some. All right. Well, uh, there, there could be a trip to Perth sometime next year. So that's good they, to know. Are they called protein balls? I'm not they, yes, that's usually just what they're called. Anyway. Okay, good. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Great. Right. Good to know. Anyway, but yeah, he was in that presser by himself with Wayne. So yeah, it can, it can be tough, I think. Yes, so. it can. Okay. All right. Um, uh, Melbourne Storm, 36. Gold Coast Titans, 16. Uh, Titans, again, hung with them for a little while. Um, once again, Jerome Hughes is just brilliant in this game. Yeah. And, but we'll do all the injury stuff at the end. We're going to do all the injuries together as a big clump. But he he was great. Ken Munster was awesome. And of course, the big story, Scotty, the return of Ryan Papadopoulos. Happy. Yeah. I thought, like, I, I didn't know what to expect from Ryan Papadopoulos in this game, how much impact he would or wouldn't have. And it was funny, right? Because it wasn't like he had a million touches or anything. But they just looked good with him on the field, didn't they? Like, he, he played with a lot of speed. He, he, he didn't look like he... I was a bit worried about whether he'd be cautious or not, but he didn't look like he was holding back an attack. Um, you know, obviously the big question now for Melbourne is what they do with their with their back line. And I mean, you'd have to assume he he goes back into the number one jersey by the time, you know, the finals roll around. And Nick Meany, I don't know, maybe he plays centers or I, I would have thought. But um, yeah, I was really impressed with what I saw out of Ryan Pappenhausen. He, he was, like I say, he was quick in there and their attack just looked good with him on the field. I don't know. What do you think, Matty? Yeah, he was. It, it obviously was not the polished product, but just nice to see him getting some touches and stuff. And it's quite funny. Um, apparently, um, one one of our listeners went back and listened to the Broncos preview on the weekend. Uh, our good friend Dom, and uh, apparently, Campo predicted before the Broncos game in round twelve 
that Pappy would play 20 minutes the week before and do his job and then tear up the Broncos the following week. So <laughs> he got the timeline wrong, but they do play the Broncos this weekend. <laughs> so he could have, he could nail it 14 rounds later. Well, it's it's been like the never-ending story of their season, hasn't it? Like, it's just been like, you know, remember it was like, oh, we, we'll be round eight. And Pappy said, oh, maybe we're being a bit too, um, you know, overconfident with that maybe you'll be closer to around 10 or 12 then it was oh you might not play again at all this year and and to be honest for a long time there it sort of felt like that was what was possibly going to happen was we weren't going to see him this year yeah i thought there was a i didn't i honestly didn't think we were yeah yeah and i mean i was look back at that replay that horrible knee clash with um jack wyden last year um the other day when i was just watching him return i was explaining to my wife what sort of happened and Geez, you forget how bad it was, don't you? Like, I mean, obviously he was out for that long, you know, but it was it was terrible. Then, like, obviously the scans that showed how bad his knee was. It's an incredible effort to come back, and and like I say, just to to not it's not just an incredible effort to come back. Obviously, players come back from injuries all the time, but the way I thought that he didn't look like he was holding back, I, I was really impressed by that, and I, I genuinely think within a fortnight, you know, by first week of the finals, we. We will see, you know, it won't be Ryan Pappenhausen at his best, but it will be Ryan Pappenhausen playing 80 minutes and, you know, looking really threatening for the Storm and being a genuine um, attacking weapon for them coming into this final series. Yeah, I think so. I think, and it's a shame. I think Nick Meany has been really good for them. I think he's been. uh, Do you think, where do you think they can find a place for him? Do you think there's a chance he gets that other center spot that's sort of been rotating around a couple of guys over the last few weeks? He has to, doesn't he? I. I it think so. I mean, cool. yeah. so they've they've gone off they've gone off Olam completely, and you know it's 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 our friend Young Tonopia there at the moment. So can you explain to me what's happened? Like again, I, I know I keep I must sound like I have no idea what's going on, but can you explain to me what's ha- what happened to Justin Olam in the last couple of months? Like what, not really. He well he got dropped, and then I, there has honestly just been not much coverage about it at all. Like there's been very little. Like it was just he was in the team one week, and then has just been playing for Sunshine Coast every week. Uh, they also yeah. fended off offers for him a couple. Of, they they came out a couple of weeks ago and said that they weren't taking offers for him either. So maybe it's just some tough, tough, tough love by Bellamy. I'm not sure, but yeah, yeah he yeah. hasn't been he hasn't been anywhere near the first grade team in a few weeks now. It's 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 Marion Seve and Young T. Which are the and I think it would be I think it would be Tanamapia that drops out for. Uh, that's me. what I think too. I, yeah. I think it would have to be because obviously Remus Smith looked okay there at yeah. times earlier in the year as well, but he's not there now. So I, I would think that Nick Manny like he. There's no way in the world that you could drop Nick Manny out of that team. He's he's been so good from this year. Just I mean, he deserves a spot. Well, he kicks, kicks goals as well. But he kicks goals. He he um he's been slick in attack. He's been dependable defensively. I know it's different moving up to the centers, but he's still like he's in good form. And you'd have to think, yeah, stays in that team ahead of Young Tom Mapia at, at the very least. But yeah, plays centers and is you know their backline. Uh, they should as- get Smith back soon as well. I think. So yeah, he, okay, he yeah. So you probably a couple think weeks that... ago. So it could be both of them in for Seve and Young T, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Know. And and you have to, I mean, and like Will Warbrick was a guy that people didn't really know a lot about. He's really settled in well. But he's settled in well and he, he looks he looks good. He's powerful, isn't he? Mm. So like you'd think with while Nick Meany's been good at fullback and he hasn't played any centers this year, you'd think that a Melbourne backline that includes Ryan Pappenhausen playing fullback, Nick Meany in the centers, the power of Warbrick, Remus Smith back. And it rejuvenated Xavier Coates, who again was yeah. very good in this game, and has been had quite a few good games since since his Origin return. Yeah, so like again, that's a backline that looks dangerous. Um, I thought Harry Grant was good in this game too. Like he he he's 
Hasn't uh, and if had a quiet couple of weeks. Pardon? He's had a quiet couple of yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah. From what I can make out, like he hasn't had the the season that um he has previously, but like he he I thought he was really good in this game. I was impressed by him. Months to look dangerous. Jerome Hughes injury is obviously a big deal. But yeah, again, they're a team that's gonna be firing at the at the right time. There's every chance they could play Brisbane in back to back weeks here. Yeah, love that. And, and it's rare that the team wins two in a row. Yeah, and well, and but you could see a world where Brisbane you know, at home this weekend, playing for a minor premiership. Melbourne, not really a lot to play for, potentially yep. about, uh, or likely about Jerome Hughes, uh, or definitely about Jerome Hughes, sorry. So no Jerome Hughes. You could see well where Brisbane knocked them over this weekend on Thursday night, and then all of a sudden play against them again, first week of the finals. Melbourne are a team that have traditionally belted Brisbane, let's be honest yeah. about it. We have it. a lot of Broncos listeners. You're putting some serious... I do apologize right to them, but the reality is that you can see well where they play. You can. They are very worried about that reality. Yeah. <laughs> well, Maddie, you know, this is one of my, I was actually having this conversation with Joel Gould yesterday, our, our guy in Brisbane. And if I'm Brisbane, I'd rather play Melbourne in week one than week three, though, because if you play them in, you know, if, if they end up on different sides of the draw and you play them in, sorry, if they end up like Brisbane, um, second, Melbourne fourth, and they yeah, yeah, yeah. therefore don't meet, then all of a sudden they play them in a prelim final, which is, um, probably the worst case scenario for Brisbane. So you play him in the first week of the finals in a game that isn't a knockout at least. But anyway, my point is, long ramble again, sorry, but my point is that, you know, you could see Melbourne knocking off Brisbane first week of the finals and all of a sudden they've got a home prelim for a spot in the grand final. Yeah. So I, yep. I think it shapes up pretty well for Melbourne at the moment. Absolutely. It'd be really interesting to see tomorrow when those teams come out, what, yeah. what, what, what both teams do. I know obviously Patrick Carrigan's still going to be out for the Broncos among other among other guys. So we'll see. We'll see if they risk Reynolds. We'll see. Lots to see tomorrow, Scotty. How do people support the West Tigers every week, Scott? Because I did it for 80 minutes on Saturday, and it sucked. It was great for six minutes. Uh, Tristan Riley, lovely try. Great story. Uh, former Waratah. And then, yeah, after that, they just shot themselves in the foot repeatedly for 80 minutes. The crazy part is, and I'm not saying this as a hater, I didn't think the Roosters were that good in this game, but the Tigers could not get out of their own way and couldn't even do that classic Tigers thing of keeping the game close they they were out of it by about the hour mark when Swalley went over but yeah a, a, a decent enough performance on the Roosters and now of course they set up that blockbuster on Friday night yeah I mean firstly let's cover off the Tigers really quickly um they played their I thought they you know they probably played their grand final last week they got their win to finish the season on at the last home game shall we say um Combank Stadium but yeah it's um it's grim isn't it it's so grim um, just you know, obviously, a bit of excitement about Benji and what Benji can do, but the, the way things have been managed and done over the past God knows how many years, but you know, in particular this year and last year, it's just been the execution forward. on field as well. Like, yeah, they, they, there's two minutes to go in the half, it's eight all. They make a break down the left, and it's the Roosters who score 20 seconds yeah. later. And it's like, Wait, how I mean, did you turn that into you, you, like. Dumb kick when you could have just passed it or taken the tackle or did a better kick. You compound that by giving away a penalty when the Roosters player dives on the loose ball. Combine that by giving away a six again on the fifth tackle after that set, which was idiotic. Like he was in the ruck for about 15 seconds. And then and then um, Daniel Tupo scores at the end of that play. And it's like you went from being on the attack with 90 seconds left in this football half to conceding and being down 14-8. Like through nothing but self-inflicted wounds but it's just like symbolic of everything that 
so many things that they do as a team. And uh, uh, anyway, I, I, we, uh, everyone's spent enough time waiting into the Tigers over the past couple of years. Their fans probably don't need to hear more of it. Yeah. But yeah, as for the Roosters, um, yeah, like you're right. They, they This wasn't their best game, but I thought there were good signs. I thought Sam Walker did some good had things. Had some nice touches. Yeah, had some nice touches, um, especially in... I like the fact that he played, he appeared to play with confidence, which was, you know, obviously such an important thing after, you know, he's been A injured, but B was dropped. So there's, you know, obviously he's been, he's been put through a bit over the last couple of months. So the fact he played with confidence, I really like, like obviously that first half try where he ran the ball. And I think there was a lot to like there for Roosters fans mm. uh, and some positives there. Uh, I mean, no doubt we'll talk about the Jared situation. Utterly dumb. I can't, just dumb football. I cannot understand how or why that has happened. But um, again, we talked about like whether the Cowboys are a dangerous team. And I know you're desperately hoping that the Roosters aren't the team that sneak into the finals depending <laughs> on Friday night's results, but they are, a, they are a proper dangerous team. If they, if they make this top eight, the Roosters um, just based on what we've seen over the last month or so, because it has shown signs of clicking mm. at different times um, in the last month. And, who knows? They could they could miss the files. They could go out first week, but they also sort of fall into the same category as the Cowboys, where they could make a run deep, and everything that's happened is almost not irrelevant because I've used up the will have used up a lot of gas to get deep into the finals. But it's yeah, not such a big deal all of a sudden. It was like it was funny, right? They lose their international fullback James Tedesco hmm. last week, and then their international fullback Joey Manu comes in, gets hurt. But it's all right. It's okay. We've got international fullback Joe Suwali to come in, <laughs> yeah. And and if something happens to him, we've got Origin winning fullback Corey Allen playing center as well. So just an abundance of rep fullbacks for the Roosters. It was funny, like they lose Manu, and everyone was like, oh shit, that could be a game over. But Suwali, I think, turned the game. I thought he, was yeah. I genuinely thought he was their best player in this one, and yeah. was just involved in everything good that that happened. I think, yeah, Walker. Was Walker had some really nice moments. I think there was also obviously some patches, which is going to come with working his way back in the first mm. red team. We're like getting getting lost on the last tackle, picking the wrong option, all that stuff. But yeah, hey, as you said, I agree. I'd rather just be trying things and then not coming off than not trying the things that made him the great player in the first place. If he comes mm. back and is timid and is yes, that's what Roosters, I was concerned about. He's not going to be the guy that the Roosters need him to be. So no. I think that there was some very encouraging signs there. I thought uh, Sia Wong. Um, does he prefer Josh? What, what's what's the what's our conventions there? Because they called him Josh a few times in the broadcast, but I don't know what he prefers. Good question. I haven't. I don't think I've done Roosters any time. Yeah. Well, Josh up. slash Seawong, I thought was excellent. I think before yeah. he got moved to the center, and then I think he did a very good job having to cover in the centers for half a game as well. Another yeah. another guy off their production line, I think, has looked really really good since he came into first grade. And yeah, this this they didn't need to be at their best to win this game, but they they did enough and. I guess that's kind of good going into next week that they didn't have to get up for this to like any great extent. They weren't like redlining for 80 minutes to try and eke out a win against like a team like Brisbane or Penrith. They got to play a relatively hapless Tigers team who who hung with them for 38 or so minutes. But I think after that play that we spoke about earlier, hmm. there was only one way this game was going to go. And credit to the Roosters, they still had a lot to do in the second half. Their goal on defense, I think, was back to being what they pride themselves on. Um, it was really, really good. The Tigers did have a lot of sets on their line, but very little to show for it. Yeah. And yeah, they, they I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say they were clinical because I think they did leave some points out there, but they, they they were good enough when they got down to the Tigers' end that they could capitalize on some weak defense. And my God, the defense was a couple of those tries was terrible. I think the the Walker one, as great as that solo run is, that is embarrassingly bad. And then the the Swalee one as well. It's like, what what are we doing here, boys? Yeah. What are we yeah. doing? I think, yeah, Fanua Bole's effort on the Walker try was just particularly egregious. And hey, 
that's that's why they're last, I guess. Is 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 guys making defensive efforts like that? Um, but hey, the Roosters they they did it. They set up that that clash on Friday night, and uh, yeah, would you like to be the new host of this show when I jump off the roof of the Court Stadium <laughs> at nine thirty p.m. next Friday? So I think like just the last point on that game, and I think we don't need to go into that game too much. But like I think for mine, it wasn't. It was never about how well the Roosters won or how, you know, they didn't have to play great in that game. So they just had to keep the momentum going that they built up because they've shown in the last cup last month. So they actually are playing good football. So it was just a matter of keeping momentum going. Let's be honest. No one is going to care about a game against the Tigers in round 26. Facts. It's now all about round 27 and what happens in this game on um, Friday night. Mm. Um, are you, do you, what's your confidence levels? Uh, actually, reasonably okay, to be honest. Uh, we'll talk more on the Friday preview show, obviously, but um, yeah, not not too bad. I, by all accounts, they they actually, I think the mood's picked up since since they got Burgess out of there. Um, I've heard a few things that the mood at training's been a lot better in the last okay, couple yeah. of days since they cleared the air and all that stuff. And I think that things like that can be quite cathartic for a team. But I will say, no team needed a week off more than Souths. So. Is this? And I know, I know this is more a Friday preview show, but. Again, I feel find this is more interesting than the Roosters yeah. Tigers get that's just played. Is, is where, where do you reckon this ranks in um in terms of Roosters Rabbitohs regular season games? Like obviously there was the minor premiership playoff. Yeah. Last year's one was big in round well in, in round twenty five where yeah. we got to in the end there. Like the it, it, this one for mine's bigger than last year's one. Like is this I don't know, is it is it the equivalent of a minor premiership? It's playoff? right up there. Yeah. It's right up. I think I think the biggest one is still uh, the 2013 minor premiership playoff. Yep. Yeah. Which um, we lost, of course, mm-hmm. and they won yep. the premiership and the minor premiership. Um, that's okay. Uh, I think that one was, I think, of course, I think just historically with how bad Souths were, the second time they played the Roosters in 2012, going, trying to basically shore up a top, not, sh- not, not, con- not confirm, but like really solidify their top four spot yeah. with a couple of weeks to go in that season. And of course, but that's, of course, coming at it with the knowledge of what happened in that yeah, game. Yeah. That is, of course, the Precise. Monday Night Miracle game. But big implications in that one. But I think you're right, mate, because this is this is a finals game. Yeah, yeah. This is a de facto finals game. Whoever wins, I mean, assuming that one of Canberra or Penrith drop a game. I'm oh, sorry, one of Canberra or the Cowboys drop yeah, their game. If the Roosters win, they're in. If South win, they're in. So um, it'd be really funny if it's a draw after Golden Point, is what I'm saying. <laughs> But yeah, uh, it should be a great atmosphere. I mean, I'm kind of like, whilst it would be not only easier for me to get to, but also a better atmosphere at Allianz. I'm glad it's, at, it's I'm glad it's at Homebush because we play better there against them. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, I'm feeling fine about it. They, but the Roosters have get, looked a lot better in the last month. They should get thirty thousand. They should get more than thirty thousand. If we're being honest about this, there is hey, no it's excuse. Such for- a shit place to go. I don't blame people for not wanting to go there. Yeah, but you know, how often does your team play against your arch rivals in a, effectively a Mate, there's finals. There's fucking. There are actual finals games that get smaller crowds than that because fans don't want yeah. to. Yeah, <laughs> like, I just I have an issue with. Sydney I know you do. Your 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 issues with the fans of of this great game are long pub long publicized, and I agree with a lot of them. But the reality is, like people don't travel to games. They don't. Yeah. Um. And like Roosters fans, especially, are not going to trek from Bondi to that dump of a soulless cavern of a stadium in the middle of nowhere that takes you four hours to get home from when they could just watch it at the league's club. And I don't really blame them for it. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tiger's bad. Uh, they were, I mean, uh, one thing though, that kind of annoyed me in this one, this was more of a commentary thing than anything else. was like when the Tigers put the two to go up eight, six and they were bagging them for doing it. They're like, Oh, you're coming last. You should just 
do something, try and score a try for the fans. It's like, mate, there's still a chance of avoiding the wooden spoon when they're playing this game. It's like they've got a new coach who's trying to bring a sort of a level of seriousness to this team that we haven't seen in a couple of years. They're trying to win the football game. They're taking the two to go up 8-6, to take a lead in the football game that they're trying to win. And you're bagging them for doing that because they're coming last and they should just try to score a try for the fans. I found that rhetoric insulting. And I know that the Tigers ended up embarrassing themselves in the second half of this game anyway. But I I honestly did find that chat just very disrespectful to the Tigers and then what Benji Marshall is trying to do. Because they're trying to win games. They're trying to win games and avoid the wooden spoon. And taking twos is conducive to winning football games more often than not. And that's what they did. And it didn't work out, but they kept bringing it up later in the game as well. Oh, who knows what would have happened if they took that too. It's like, well, they had 400 goal line sets after that and didn't score any tries. <laughs> so I can have a f- pretty fair guess at what would have happened. They would have lost the ball on tackle two and that would have been the end of it. And then you would have said, oh, why didn't they take the two to go up eight, six? I don't like it, Scott. No, I, I don't think I have anything to add to your rant other than I wholeheartedly agree. And also what will please fans more, winning a game or uh, attempting to score a try, I think. Mm. We all know the answer to that one. So uh, I don't think I can top your rant there, but I do agree with it. Thank you. All right. Uh, Raiders 18, Broncos 29, a fiery affair uh, in the nation's capital. Uh, Brisbane could not get out of their own way in the first 20, 25 minutes of this game. They kept dropping the ball basically every single time they got it. Uh, Canberra were playing with an energy that we haven't seen from them a whole lot recently. They were playing with fire, passion. Maybe a bit too much passion in the case mm-hmm. of uh, Corey Horsburgh. But um, yeah, they, they looked up for this game in the first half. Matt Frawley gets that try. They're starting to believe, of course, so much on the line for them in this one. Um, and then, yeah, it gets away from them late on. We get the we get the sort of fisticuffs late on. We get the Rapana Sinbin. We get that controversial call of the, um, the escort. Yeah. Uh, but we'll get to all that later. Got to start all the way back because their fans and our and my esteemed colleague Nick Canton especially were pulling their hair out when they saw the team line up for this game. They were, but it actually can't, and obviously they didn't run out in the. No, it was White in which... the centers, Rapana on at fullback, which is yeah. So yeah, so White in the centers, Rapana at fullback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I was very puzzled when I saw White listed at fullback. I don't quite understand why that was done. But anyway, the way in which they actually ran out, I actually thought kind of worked. I mean, besides Jared Croker playing or coming off the bench for a minute and a half or three minutes or whatever it was at the end there, I actually thought what they did worked and they looked really good. Like Matt Frawley looked, looked good, like a controlling heart. Like uh, look, looks good in attack. Plan. Looked yeah. good in attack. In defense, um, yeah, that wasn't great. Yeah, they, yeah, that's they, fair. they ran that's it. Fair. They ran it. They ran at that gap between him and White. And yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's a fair. lot. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't as. Look, let's put it this way: when I saw that lineup, I was very concerned. It wasn't as concerning as I thought it was going to be. But what, what, what do you do with Jack White? Like, I mean, obviously Jamal Fogarty's fitness pending, so that could change some things as well in the halves. But do you do you have Jack Whiten back in and this that's a question for camp I don't answer probably more than anything mm. else but, but do, you, do you have Jack Whiten back in the halves or it's a tough one right I don't think you can well I think if Fogarty's out which he is right like that's confirmed yeah yeah, but yeah. I think I think you have to you've got to factor in these guys these, these are guys that let Brad Schneider leave mid-season yeah they could probably use it this week <laughs> like, yeah, yeah that's very good um, which, yeah season. not great not great there but I think you have to right just purely because there's a, not really any other options, and B, again, like I think he had a couple of nice touches in this game, but overall, I don't think he had a great game in the centers, which doesn't bode well for Souths for next year. But hey, we'll worry about that later. 
Um, it is it is a fascinating one though because we often criticize Ricky for being too emotional for not thinking pragmatically, for not mm. doing what's best for the team, all that stuff. And you go back a few weeks to resting croaks at the at Campbelltown Stadium so he could have his big 300th down there in Canberra, mm. all that stuff. But I want to flip that around. If you're, criti- if you're going to criticise Ricky, as we've done on this show and as other people have done, for being too emotional and thinking to, with like, passion rather than substance, then you can't really then turn around and criticise him here for benching Jared Croker. Yeah. In because he look, let's be real, I love Jared Kroger. He is potentially my favorite non rabbit of all time. And but he's had a rough few weeks when he's been in the team. And then of course he's missed games as well with injuries. So if they, uh, if their season's on the line, especially defensively, they we know how good Brisbane are, like on those edges. We know that teams have targeted Croker a little bit this year when he's been back in the first grade team. Ricky knows that too. And so to pull this change, maybe he thinks that White will give them a little bit more defensive steel in that spot. It didn't work out. It mm. didn't work. But I think that was his logic. And I don't know if we can really fault him for that logic when we've previously criticised him for not use, trying to use logic and sense when it comes to team selection. And I mean, Whiten has been reasonably good defensively in the centres in the past. Yeah, so yeah, like, yes. Yeah, like at rep level and whatnot. So it's, it's not like it was a... Um... Yeah, like I said, it's not like it's a decision about logic. The, the strangest thing I thought was actually just playing Jared Croker on the bench. I don't know if yes. teams run, you know, uh, like, you know, is there for a concussion sub or whatever. But that was the one I thought was weird. And it just felt strange for anyone for a minute and a half. Farewell at the end of the yeah. game. But that's, yeah, that's by the by, I guess, isn't it, realistically? That, mm-hmm. That's not the key decision um, in, in all of this. No, and I don't think Whiten had a good game. But no. I can I agree with you to the extent that, like, I can see what they were trying to do. and But... And people go, oh, maybe it's not the right time to do it with your season online. It's like, well, it is though, because like if you're if you're coming up against a team that scores points as freely as the Broncos do, and you've identified that your flanks are very weak defensively, and you've got a guy like Jack White, who look, Jack White is a better defender than Jared Croker. No, <laughs> no one is going to argue that. I don't think. And if you can play one of them over the other, then maybe you should do that if you yeah. if that's what you're concerned about. But the problem, of course, is that. That means you move Matt Frawley into the halves, who with ball in hand was decent in this game, but was pretty brutally bad defensively. They targeted him massively. And yeah. So I guess that's the issue as well. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not yeah. trying to I'm not trying to to get into like the headspace of the Raiders fans looking at that team lineup when it came out and just losing their minds. And they were right to do so. Of course, they didn't know at the time that that, that it was gonna end up with Rapana going back to fullback and White and playing in the centers and all that stuff. But you know, I don't think it's as bad as they're making out because like they were right in this game they only lost this game in the last 10 15 yeah. minutes they 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 were within you know that, that really controversial escort call which again is a tough one because i'm not sure how much he gets impeded because he's the, like he's the guy that ends up tapping the ball back so you it's can't say you can't say he's denied him an opportunity to touch the ball because he's he, he's touched the ball but at the same time hudson young never looks at the ball he never looks at the football, and that's the thing that they've been targeting this year, which I don't agree with personally, but that's the thing they've been targeting, Scotty. It's when guys go into contests, they crash into people, and they never once look up at the football. And Hudson Young only had eyes only had eyes for the Broncos player there. He didn't have eyes for the footy. He didn't have eyes for the contest. And whilst I agree that he barely made contact with him, like if he, I think if he just looks up at the footy, it's not a penalty, which is dumb, and that's not what the rules should be, but that's what they've got at the moment. But, but I mean... Surely, and I understand, I know what you're saying about the fact that he only has eyes for the football, but surely 
the most important part of an escort is whether you actually escort the bloke. That's well, yeah. I mean, and, and in this situation, you didn't escort him. Like, uh, it, uh, could could the NRL honestly say hand on heart that not even every single one of those situations, that the vast majority of those situations results in a penalty? There is no way that the vast majority of those situations where that that limited contact is made results in a penalty. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't. It it if they hadn't looked at it, like if that had been play on then it wouldn't have been looked at, right? Yeah. So, and it would have just been, and I, I agree, it would have just been play on. So. It, there's just, no, I, I just don't see, I'm, I'm not one for ref bashing, but that for me was, it, it just, that seems so inconsistent with any number of escort calls. Not even, sorry, non-escort calls, because they don't, they wouldn't, like I say, they wouldn't even look at those. Um, the Rapana Symbian was also. No, come on, I can't defend that. Like, he tries to trip him. But does he actually trip him? Oh, is attempted murder not a crime, Scott? Yeah, but he didn't murder him. <laughs> you still go to jail for attempted murder and you yeah, still go to the you do, but... for attempting to trip someone. But murdering's a lot more serious than tripping. No, that's him. true. Well, yeah, okay, but that's fine. But, like, d- he tries to trip him. I'm not sure if he makes contact. He might still make contact with him, by the way, but I question the decision-making process of Jordan Rapana in that moment because even if you trip him, he's going to trip over the try line. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I mean... why are you doing that? It doesn't make any sense. It's such as that to me, like obviously the escort penalty is a terrible call and all that stuff, but Rapana doing that is just absolutely boneheaded in that situation. Oh, I'm not saying it's smart, but I mean, like attempting to trip someone. I mean, the, look, for a long time, I thought that the NRL are far too soft on trips. Mm. So I get, like, I think they should be a lot harsher on trips. We see it, and they have been a bit more recently, but not really. I mean, tripping used to be such a serious offense. It and did, yeah, yeah. Become, you see it weeks, weak suspensions for it. Yeah, yeah. And now it's become this trivial offense that blokes get a fine and not much mm. for. But, like, to me, <laughs> what Rapana did there doesn't, the penalty, the punishment that Rapana got in the Symbian does not stack up with the punishments that are normally handed out for trips. He probably did get him, though. But he, but he didn't actually. He probably makes contact. It's difficult. But does he to actually trip. trip him? Oh well, I mean, if he's trying to trip him and he makes contact, Scott, then he's tripped. But does that equate to a symbiote? But this is why I think it's dumb because he's diving over the try line anyway. Yeah, so you're what right. are you What are you trying to do? He deserves a symbiote for stupidity. Because what are you trying to do? If you trip a guy over that situation, he falls over the try line. So if you gave out symbiotes for stupidity, I mean, the Tigers would be down to six players. Oh, so. no, don't you try and take a cheese shot at the Tigers to, to get yourself <laughs> off the hot seat here, Mr. Bailey. Um, oh, I, I have no issues, been. no issues with the Rapana symbiote. The Hudson Young escort a lot, a lot more controversial in my opinion. I, I can understand the Raiders' fury. I don't know. <laughs> I can understand Ricky Stewart's. Oh, mate, the little old ladies match? on the hill. They just want to know what's going on. Did you, <laughs> how many little old ladies did you go and talk to on the hill after that presser? Well, if I was in Canberra and the little ladies were still awake when Ricky Stewart walked in an hour after the game or more than an hour after the game finished, maybe then we might have gone and spoken to them. But look, I can understand their frustration in a, in a really crucial game. Um, some big moments. I thought they were desperately unlucky. Yes. Um, and I'm not for ref bashing. I'm not for ref blaming, but, you know. No, the, I think I think I, I think that was a bigger issue for the Raiders. Apart from the escort, they didn't. Really, I don't think there was any egregiously bad calls apart from the escort. And I do think that like Corey Horser especially got away with like five or six shoulder charges before actually getting charged for one in the 79th minute. So, which again is on the same level of well, not, yeah. it's close to the same level as Jarabari Hargreaves. It legitimately is, and I I like I think Brisbane were just really struggling, especially in the first half, to complete their sets. I think they finished the game about 70%. But like every time they got the ball, they were gouging them. They were making big meters or they mm. were making line breaks. And Canberra did really well to hang in there 
and it's a shame for them that 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 play happens but at the same time like you know you, you've got to make your own luck in these games at times and with the amount of ball that Brisbane were dropping perhaps you can say that Canberra should have been further in front before Brisbane sort of shook 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 it off and really put the foot down in those last 20 minutes I don't know Reese Walsh's field goal was beautiful by the way yeah it was it was and left-footed again, everything he, looks better left-footed he's um his knees are big. I know we'll go for injuries later, but his knees are big thing. Um, you know, I think I will learn more today. I believe on what the story is. I don't think it's too serious, but mm. but again, like if you take Reese Walsh out of that Broncos side, that's a, that's a massive concern. Yeah, I um, yeah, I uh, I had no great like when the Tarpanay hit happened. I was like, oh, that's a bit that's a bit slack. But then I kind of was like, oh, you know, fair game really. Like he's done a legal tackle on a guy that's in the field of play. Walsh should have gone off the field. There was it's nothing. Football. There was no reason for him to be on the field at that moment. Yeah, it's, that's and football. it was a completely legal tackle that got him smashed. And to his credit, bounced up, gave gave a little handshake. Um, yeah, yeah. It's so football. I mean, he's I mean, just, we see one. That was one of the more forceful ones, but we do see things like that from time to time. I don't like but, it, but it's also not a. It's not a. It's, there's nothing wrong with it. But I mean, if if Reece Walsh drops the ball. From that hit, and the Raiders scoop it up, and and then there's what they've got like four, they can decline the kick, and they'll have one one play to try and score a try. So yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, yeah. it's, no, I agree. Like the game the, until the until the game's over, you yeah. gotta. And there's also, I mean, there's yeah, it's it's football. Like I've got no issue with that one whatsoever. I think that's play on. I'm, I'm surprised it's become uh, as much of a talking point as it has over the last two days. Moving on to Sunday and uh, the Manly Sea Eagles. A, a, a late season win to hang their hat on as they put 42 up on the doggies who, again, their defense is just reaching embarrassing levels. It's almost a peak for Landy Ball here as they're conceding something like 32 points a game. Uh, how they won seven games is a miracle, Scotty, but they didn't win this one. Your beloved Manly Sea Eagles did. Yeah, dogs were very poor. I've, Cam Serrata had a fair crack at them post-match saying maybe he brings in guys from Jersey Flag next week if they want to have a go. Um, Manly probably could have put 60 on them. It felt like a late season game between two teams who couldn't make finals but yeah like some positives uh for Manly are good signs at least I thought yeah Gordon Chan Kum Tong I don't think I've been this excited about a debut at Manly for a while he he yeah had good so he's, a, he's a guy I've been aware of for a while because of his great name but he's actually a goer he's actually an he's actually a goer he was really good in the preseason and then they he wasn't in their top 30 so they couldn't play him until mm. round 11 and I was sort of surprised they didn't go him earlier I guess they they had Lockie Croker's been very solid. Lockie Croker's, Lockie Croker, sorry, has had two really good years at Manly, to be fair. Um, and this Carl Lawton a bit, but I, like, I, I think we'll see a lot of Chen Kung Tong next year off the bench. Um, you know, he, I think he'll become their number 14 next year. Um, the other thing out of that game I thought was interesting is, and not that you base a round 26 match between Canterbury and Manly on Australian selection, but um, Daily Sherry Evans, I think, is had his best year he's had a great season and he's had a fantastic season he he conceded post-match that nathan cleary is still the guy like he'll be number seven for australia but there is and again not based off this match yesterday but it was just so he's been good all year he's been a late season reminder i thought that yeah he he really there should be more of a conversation about who the australian number seven is at the end of the year i think uh special mention to top sipple who got me back on level pegging in front row friday look some of us some of us take some roughies, Scott. We don't just smash the Adam Fanua Blake button every week like a coward. We pick guys like Toff Sipley and they crash over to score. And it's it's like we started this, we started that 18 weeks ago. Sorry, so we've done it 18 times. That's 36 picks. 
We've hit eight front rowers. Pretty good. That's a pretty good strike rate, I think. Four. Yeah. So yeah. if you've been following the front row Friday and just backing any time try scores, you're probably, probably retired now. So Was the pass well- forward? Huh? Was the pass no, forward? of course not. Let the boys <laughs> play. Um, can't can't check that anyway. Don't worry about it. But um, yeah, I was stoked that because I, I, the game started. He had that 50-meter run, didn't mm. score. And I was like, well, that's probably his big moment for this game. That's a shame. And then, no, my boy. So it's all to play for. We're going to obviously carry front row Friday all the way through the finals. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But right now, four all. We Campo did say he was going to make a double points for the finals if he was still winning by one. But now we don't need to because, you know, double points when we're tied, still the same. So, still the same. Yeah. Uh, dogs, uh, really just bad. I'm sorry, Dogs fans. I really, truly am. But, um, you know. <laughs> Matt how you, you, how, he's Mate, I'm not sure he's a half. I what really. is he doing? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's an interesting one too, whether he, I think they'll keep him in the halves next year, but there's an argument to be made there that does he look at going back to the centers, but I don't think it'll happen, but there isn't, there is, there is, again, it's a discussion, right? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think that they've, they've given, so they've, they've given up too much elsewhere. Like guys like Avril and stuff, if they've allowed to leave, they've given up too much capital and too much time on Burton to like throw that away after like one season of, of this but like also um it, it's not like this is a new thing like this has been a question mark that we've had on him since he went to 5 mm. and well it, it's funny like because i i didn't think he was i think he's actually been worse in the halves this year than he was last year yeah yeah and, he, had, he um, had a good like there was what a couple of games early early in the season like obviously that he has that moment in round Three or four with the golden point field, the goal. field goal from the sideline. Yeah, that was yeah. Good. But he, like he was good in that game. To be fair, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- there was some. He's moments... a fantastic player. I'm not. Yeah, absolutely. That. Yeah, but you know he's playing in a team that is just. Let's be honest about it. Really, really bad. And it, yeah, and, and and that's not to say like it's not just the adage of like oh the team's not good the half can't do much. I, you know, that's not necessarily. No, look at DCE. One, but that's exactly right. So I don't think that's that's you know DCE and him are both playing teams that are not playing well or, or our finals contention aren't going to make top eight. But the difference is, is like that hasn't helped Matt Burton as a young half, but he also hasn't helped himself a lot of times this year. No. He hasn't had a good year. It's And uh, I'm just worried, mate, because I like they've got, they're going to have a pretty nice back line next year. If Crichton can be the fullback that a lot hmm. of people think that he can be, I'm not so sure myself, but the forward pack still, still worries me. And that's, that's, that's the platform you build a halves playoff is the, yeah. the ability to get space and the ability to get go forward from, from your forward. So we'll see what happens there. I, it's, it's screen time. I, yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. We're in year, whatever of this rebuild and I don't feel any more confident about them than I did a couple of years ago. The, the problem is, yeah, it, there's, it's not like a gradual build. No, I know, I know they're not picking up the wooden spoon, but it's not the f- football doesn't appear to be going a long way forward. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And final game of the round. Uh, the Newcastle Knights keep on rolling, baby, and lock up a home final. They can't finish fourth, unfortunately, because the Storm won, but they are locked into either fifth or sixth next week. Um, an incredible second half because, you know, this this was a really good contest in the first half. Really, really good game of football. Both teams physical, both teams bringing a lot of energy. And I think that, you know, we, we might get a little bit of a different game if if – Britain Nakora doesn't bomb that try, which yep. he did extremely well to not score. <laughs> yep, yep. And you know they go into the halves halftime with a lead. Maybe it's a different story, but one uh, that really nice best try off the back of that Caelan Ponga yes. run, like just set a fire 
under the un, under under the under the Newcastle Knights, and they went on from there, and just it was one way traffic from that point. And boy, oh boy, do they look fantastic right now! And they, I think, genuinely, you can say that they are the third best team right now. Oh, absolutely, you can. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and like I think that it's funny like we were saying earlier about teams that can go on a run from lower, lower on the ladder, but whoever finishes eighth and comes across, um, you know, the the Knights in the first week of the finals in Newcastle, the way they get, you know, the crowds up there, like you say, they, they sort of catch fire in that stadium. It, it goes off the way Caelan Ponga, I mean, Caelan Ponga is out for this weekend, it looks like now, but That's the fine. way, but it doesn't matter. They'll, Have they'll, a still, rest. they'll, they'll still finish fifth. You know what? Him being out is not the worst case worst result in the world for them because it means there's no concussion risk. Mm. So therefore, he will be fit, provided his shoulder is fine. He'll be fit for week one of the finals. At Newcastle, their first home final since 2006, that could sell out. Extremely. Probably already sold out. <laughs> Dead set. Yeah, well, you know. Um, do, like, do, they, do they have to get all the old boys back again to do old boys day ooh, again? Oh, good point. Yeah. The first, the last home game of the year. Well, I would... Well, I would if I was them. Funnily enough, they probably couldn't do a, an old boys event on field though because it's an NRL event, not an yes, that's event. true. So they wouldn't be able to do that. Um, get them all back anyway, though. Yeah, get them back. They can yes. just show them sitting near the sideline. But, but yeah, I mean, can, again, I know I've said a few times, but what what happened in the middle part of this season for Newcastle? Like, don't we, know. Obviously, Caitlin like, goes back to fullback. Just did help. Before. Obviously, that helped. And then he doesn't play Origin. That's obviously a big thing. Mm. But it, it, it's incredible that they just look like, and I know this is ever- well. They had injuries in their forwards, right? Like they struggled to get both the Saifidis out there. Yeah, they were true. struggling to get like Brad and Best missed a few games too. Although that was mostly during that winning run. So yeah, but I think he's the guy that really benefited from Origin too. Yeah. I think that he played great in that game, and he's come back to Clubland since then and been very, very impressive. And the other thing is, mate, like Tyson Gamble's got this reputation as being like this wild man because he's a bit aggro and he's a bit crazy when the game breaks down and when there's a scuffle or whatever. But with the ball in hand, he's actually quite a composed mm. playmaker a lot of the time. And yep. I think he's been working so well in that team. I think he plays his part excellently. I think that that pass he threw to Dom Young was so nice. For yeah. That try. And they've just got a bunch of guys. You talked earlier about the Cowboys with their career year stuff. They've got a bunch of guys who are doing that simultaneously right now. And it is remarkable, mate. That, like, So you go back to like the middle part of the season. I remember that we watched... We watched them play the... I watched them play the Knights. In, sorry, we watched the Knights play the Eels in Parramatta Stadium. And if you remember, that was the game where Paramount had like 15 line breaks in the first half. Yeah. It was like 10-6 or 6-all somehow. And then they went on and, and, and lapped them in the second half. And then they had a bye. And then they beat the tie. Sorry, it was sorry 30-6, to six, but the expected tries said it was like 6-all, even though they yeah, had a yeah. That's the only thing I remember about the game was Fox rolling out this expected try stat, which I've never seen again. <laughs> have, they ever, have they ever done that before? I don't know. But anyway, but then... Yeah, they, they come out to beat Titans at home. Then they get there, they went up to Coffs and got beaten pretty pretty badly by the Sharks. And then since then, they've either won every game they've played or they've been in the contest. Like they they could have won that Broncos game up at Suncorp uh, during the Origin period. They 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 just just lost to the Roosters when they had that big comeback. And they close lost to Penrith. And then every other game has been a win. And yeah, yeah. They're not just winning games at this point. They are blowing teams off the park. Like the only team they haven't blown off the park recently is the Dolphins, and that was over in Perth, where you know anything can happen. But yeah, other yeah. than that, it's been like. Every so since they got since that sixty six nil over the over the dogs, it was they beat them by sixty six. They they smashed the Tigers. They they took care. I know it was only eight points here, but they took care of the Storm pretty handily. I would argue. Mm. Then they smashed Canberra. Just got past the Dolphins. Smashed the Dogs again. Smashed South and now smashed the Sharks. Can, can I be a party pooper? Sure. My concern for Newcastle is 
is that every year we go into the finals with a team that feels like they're on fire, right? Like they've caught fire and, and they're doing exactly what Newcastle have done. Like they're, they're winning games big. They've got this fullback who's like unstoppable and, and, and doing incredible things like uh, South were it um, in 21. To be fair, South made grand final. Um, or was it South in 2020 were the same as well? Like obviously there's... I think that it was Souths in either 2020 or 22. Yeah, okay, sorry. Yeah, 21, they were really good. 21, they lost like yeah, three games all year. No, you're right. Yeah. Sorry, it's 2020 and 2022 of the South years. Um, I mean, Paris, the obvious example in 09. There's any, but every year it feels like we've got this one team that does this right. But that one team, I don't think, I can't think of a time where that one team has actually gone on and won the comp or sometimes they make a grand final, but very usually they sort of run out past semifinal. Or, or usually prelim final. Like, is there any reason why we believe that Newcastle is going to be different? Uh, I, I think this is the sustained run because it's not like this isn't like three or four weeks. This is now yeah. closing in on three months of them being like this would be my argument. Yep. Um, but mate, I, I yeah, want to believe I, you. I, I like this Newcastle. You team. know what? There's 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 also a world where they just lose this week, right? They they rest a few guys. They can finally come down from this level they've been going at week after week because there's not really much on the line for them. Fifth or sixth doesn't make a great deal of difference. Yeah. There's maybe a world they rest. They definitely, Kalen's not going to play this week, for example. Yeah. Maybe they don't, maybe they don't rush it. Couple Like they don't, they don't risk a couple of other guys. Maybe Jackson Hastings stays on the sideline again. Maybe they do whatever they do and they lose this week. And then that kind of gives them not, so, yeah, I hate this saying, but you know, people, oh, they needed a loss for the finals. That gets the media sort of narrative about them being the red hot team off their back a little bit and they can just relax and play their footy. Yeah. The Maybe that's yeah. what happens. Like Canberra has been that team a couple of times. There's always just one. And I, I, yeah, you're right. Maybe it does to some extent, like they get the home final, which means they're going to, they should win up their week on the finals that they'll carry momentum into week two. Then in re- reality, in week two, they're likely to come up against, Maybe they come up against the Warriors and they continue the momentum going, but they also are likely to come up against a, a Brisbane or a Melbourne in week two. Uh, did you know Farmanu Brown was at the Knights? Because I didn't until he came on in this game. I, to be fair, I'm probably not the best. There's been a few. No, that's true. You you've been away, but like this, like how could he go? I'm like, got yeah, out, yeah. Like, jump shit from the dogs mid season. Yeah, yeah. And, probably um, a good move. Very good. Was, move. Hey, had a winning record. I, I didn't have a losing record at the Dogs this year. Player participated in six games. Was three and three. So. Play six games at the dogs this year. Didn't oh, it? actually, no. One of them he was 18th man, so they were two and three. Two, two and three, are still very respectable yeah, for the dogs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah. then, yeah, one game for the Knights, undefeated. New Brown, what a man! All I can ever think of is the microwave story. What about what about the Sharks? I, you, I know against is more of a prop for Yeah, but no, like, but it's concerning. Like, here's the thing. Like it, again, it's another case of them playing a good team and getting knocked around a bit. But I thought they played really well for the first yeah. fifty or so minutes, and then yeah. it just. All fell in all fell in a heap in the last half hour or so. But I genuinely think that they played well enough to like not win the game, but to be on top in this contest early on. I think if they can just sustain that sort of 45, 50 minute game to an 80 minute game, they can beat a team like Newcastle or the Warriors or Souths or the or the Raiders in a finals game. I'm not sure they could knock off Penrith or Brisbane, but um there was a lot to like from their performances in the first portion of the game. Without Nico they, as well. They were better than 32-6. I agree with that. Yeah, they were far better than 32-6 suggested, I thought. Um, yeah, particularly, like I said, that first half. Um, and, and in reality, that you know, I, I think they probably, if they get through Canberra this week, even if they don't get through Canberra this week, but yeah, you know, they probably, the thing is they're going to run into a team like, 
the Roosters or Souths or Cowboys in that first week of the finals, I reckon, which for them, um, you know, again, they're going to be the team that comes into the finals in the bottom four that doesn't have the momentum behind them in a lot of ways. So that, that's going to be a challenge for the Sharks, I, I think, in, in week one. Yeah, they, they just got gouged late in this game. They ended up missing 61 tackles, Scotty. That's so, that's so many. Wow. Yeah, I think in the second half, the Knights worked out they could run a Matt Moylan. And um, yeah, that, <laughs> that was it for Matty. I love Matt Moylan, but 61. Yeah, he just can't defend. Uh, yeah, 61. Seems like bit, sorry, maybe I've been a bit harsh yesterday. The, the Sharks were the team that comes into the finals without momentum. No, I mean, they've they they, won three like, straight, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I get, I agree. Because again, like, Souths might not be, well, at least one of Souths and the Cowboys won't be a top eight team, probably. God, actually, there is a world where they could both be, but it seems very unlikely. But, but, but if they both make it in, then you can say Sharks have beaten a couple of top eight teams. Yeah, but, but if, if they come up against the Roosters in week one of the finals, which I, I think, think is. Yeah. Possible, yeah. then all of a sudden, sharks like the roosters are the team they're going to hit the finals with momentum. Oh, oh, god, why Why do we live in this world? I hate this. <laughs> god, please just win on Friday, boys. Uh, Thursday night, we do have one game. Uh, the stakes are not as high as they could have been a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Brisbane can clinch the minor premiership, so that I guess is pretty high, but they're locked into top two regardless. And then at the other end, the storm are going to be fourth no matter what, right? So uh, They can go third. But they yeah. can go third? Okay. So this, is, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier. This could be one of those weird situations where we get a team playing the same team twice in a row. Yeah. 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 It, it, if they win, I mean, it's almost likely that they will. Um, I think the Broncos will rest Reynolds again. But it, yeah, yeah, Reynolds won't play this week. So, but if, if, the, if the Broncos beat the Storm, then the Broncos will finish first and the Storm will finish fourth. If the... Storm beat the Broncos. Um, the Storm go or Broncos will probably finish second, provided Penrith win, and the uh, Storm would only go third if the Warriors lost um, to the Dragons. They've got haven't they? So, um, oh sorry, to the Dolphins they've got don't they? The, the Warriors. So um, in, in that situation, there there's a probably a high probability, or at least more than a 50-50 chance that um, we will see Brisbane play. Um, Melbourne in back-to-back weeks. Mm. If I was a betting man, I, I think you know Brisbane have a bit more to play for this week. Um, last home, well, sorry, at home, you probably say that they are a fair chance of knocking off Melbourne this week. But come finals, yeah. I think that's going to be a, a little bit trickier. I, I'm going to tip Brisbane in this, um, um, but it doesn't really matter, does it? Like it, it, again, it reminds me kind of it's not the same thing because it was at the other end of the ladder. But I was certain last year in the final round of the season that. Souths were going to not really try that hard against the Roosters and then smash them in the finals the following yeah. week. And that's exactly, and on the exact reverse of that, the same thing happened when I think the Roosters were the best team in the comp in 2019. And if you remember, they played Souths in the final week of the regular season out at Homebush. Souths won that game comfortably. The Roosters had a lead and gave it away. And I went, they're going to smash this next week. Yeah. If you remember, they played us at the SCG and they their first half was unbelievable. They were played perfect rugby league and destroyed yeah. us. So I think that. I think that Brisbane, I, I don't know why I'm tipping Brisbane because I, I think that they're the team that's more likely to rest some guys. I think that Storm need to get some minutes under Pappenhausen before the finals. I think that that's, this is kind of a good setting for him as well. Up yeah. there at Suncorp, big crowd and not a great deal of pressure. So that'll be nice. And it'll be really interesting what Melbourne do with their team list on Tuesday. So we'll find out. But I'll tip Broncos for now. But uh, these these could things could adjust based on what happens Uh tomorrow after. yeah I, i'm the same as you i i tip brisbane just on the fact that i think they've got more to play for yeah um, I, I just don't know that melbourne have got a lot to play for and therefore I, I i think while we could see yeah you're right some restings up at brisbane i think we could see more restings at melbourne you know obviously all lies on ryan pappenhausen and what he can do
Yep. All right. And NRLW action, uh, the Parramatta Reels, the wheels, they are on the board. They did their best to throw this one away late doors. I think um, oh, they, the, the Cowboys were storming home like in this one. Mm. Um, I think but- Kira, Kira did just took over with, with Tim. So that, that pass she threw for Livy Sir's try was ridiculous. But um, Parramatta did enough in the first the first 40 minutes to, to, to secure their first win of the season. And I think they have been noticeably better since Rachel Pearson's come back into the mm. team, which you'd obviously expect. Yeah, you absolutely would. Cowboys pack always thought that they were every chance of coming home. Mate, every um, carry Talisha Harden took in the second half. She was carrying like five players on her back. Yeah. Ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's one thing to say you're going to come over the top of them. It's another thing to actually get it done. Mm. Um, and like you say, Rachel Pearson, she's a good footballer um, and it's good controller, good kicking game, obviously, that goes without saying. Everyone knows that. But um, yeah, that, that's that sort of makes a difference, doesn't it? Especially in, in you know, if, if a team, if, you, if you're trying to hold on to a lead, um, yeah, Rach Pearson's so crucial. Yeah, and I, I genuinely think, I, I, I watched this game. I said I said after her third try, Tegan Berry is having the best individual game of NRLW I've ever seen. Mm. And then she scored another try after that. And they lost. The Dragons, they lost. The Dragons men's and women's teams have had a, go, uh, had a player score yes. four tries and lost this year. What a special achievement. That's a great stat. Yeah, I think there was uh, Horsburgh Scores on a Discord that, that threw that one up there. But um, yeah, what a stat. That's a great stat. Yep. Uh, you, you love a stat. Have you got any famous stats that people reach out to you for? Uh, I don't believe so. No. Oh, okay. I, I don't believe there's any. I mean, some sometimes people message me saying about 50 points, but I'm not, I don't quite mm. get that one. I, don't, you no. know, I mean, like it's only like 117 <laughs> years of history. So but I don't man, know. T- she was much. so good in this game. Like the 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 solo try that she scored in the first half, where she stepped off her left and and beat burned a couple of players, was impressive enough. And then that absolute James Roberts esque, just I can run faster than you, and I'm just going to burn everyone. I'm going to pick this kick up and just run down the sideline. Good fucking luck catching me. <laughs> and oh my god, incredible performance. And then with the game on the line, just Lauren Brown hits that so sweetly. They gave her way too much time, though. They did. And a big win for the Titans, too, because obviously, like, we'll get to it in a second, but the Broncos go on and win on, on Sunday. And, you know, that they, they probably need – how many how many wins do we think that you need to, to make the finals? And then six. Six. So, obviously, with three to go. Oh, actually, no. It's, that, it's, five, not, it's, not, it's not ten games. It's nine games, right? So, I yeah, five, 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 five. Five wins is enough. Yeah, yeah five and four. Well, Obviously, it's not ten games. But you need to win a few more than half because it's yeah. more, less. I think than five. Half I think game. five and four would probably be enough. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, the Titans, in that theory, are now one win away from um, wrapping up a final spot. So, and, and then again, like particularly with the Broncos win on Sunday, because if the Broncos lose that game, and I know we'll get to it in a second. But if the Broncos lose that game, there's a far bigger gap emerging um, between the top four and the chases. So, in that sense, the Titans win, and that field goal becomes. Very important, and it does a fair bit of damage to the Dragon season too now because theoretically they probably need to win their last. They need to win out, I think. It's interesting that we got Broncos Sharks this week. That's fifth versus sixth, and so like if the Broncos win that, I think you can clearly see the top five pulling away, and there being sort of one final spot to go between probably Titans Raiders Broncos. I think. Ellie Brigginshaw's fitness for that becomes crucial. Too. Yes, massive, obviously. So obviously she went off the field. She, geez, I thought she was good yesterday. Like she, she swings the game with yep. her. Um, obviously down eight nil, she she busts through from about thirty five out, puts the center over, uh, and then Broncos take the lead with Julia Robinson scoring just for half time, and then Ali freaking sure again from dummy half just after the break or slightly after the break, 
um, sort of puts the game in Broncos control. They end up winning big. Uh, but the big thing is late in the game, she has a head clash, um, goes off the field for a HIA. She passes the HIA, we're told afterwards, because it was in the last, I think, six minutes of the game. So we don't actually see her come back on, but she passes HIA, but she's broken her nose. So now it's a matter of whether the Broncos roll yeah. her out next week against the Sharks. I get the feeling they probably, there's every chance they will, I guess, right? Um, especially with their season. Mm. Not necessarily I'm- on the line, but pretty much on the line, right? I am, yes, I am glad you're here, by the way, because there was a spirited discussion yesterday after the Roosters scored 48. What is the, what is the, and obviously 48 in 70 minutes is bigger than 50 in eight mm. minutes. So what's the line for points? I believe. What, so that the 27, apparently, the Roosters lost 26 16 to the Titans in 2021. So yeah. no team has ever conceded more than 26 points. And 26 over- is okay, because I knew, I knew it was definitely 40. Um, was because I think 40 in 70 minutes is the equivalent of 50. I agree. I think we should put the magic number at 40. I know so the magic I, number right now is 26, but I reckon 40 is a good number. Yeah, I mean, 26 is going to be broken though. Well, 26, you could win a game. Yeah, 26, <laughs> like... 26 will be broken, but 40 is the is the official, um, and not that there is an official line. No, you're the, you're the, this is your thing. Okay, you're, good, you're no, the I, efficient, I, uh, you're I, the, you're the officiary. Yeah, I, I thought there was a game. Was it earlier this year? Why have I not just said official? Officiary is not a word. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, look, if I if you want me to be an officiary, I, I can probably be that. I, oh, I don't, it sounds like I do something with fish then, but oh. um, if no, I think the official line should be at forty for NRLW while they're in seventy minute game. Yeah, because I, we, I'm if fine you set that. it at twenty six or twenty seven or something, then inevitably that'll get broken within a year or two, and people will say it's not a yep. risk. Whereas if you have it at forty, I think that is. Fair game, forty in seventy minutes. You can't yep. win. Game. You can't win the comp after conceding. Uh, listeners, get in touch. Let us know what you think. I'm happy to go with forty as the yep. as the Bailey line in the women's game. Bailey line. The Bailey line. Well, there's our show title for this week. And yeah, the Sharks. Knights blew them off the park in the first half. They did pretty well to make it a bit of a contest late doors, but yeah, never really got particularly close, did they? No, and again, so a big one for them next week. That, that's one Massive of the big game. games. I think they're better than... Yeah. This is the thing, though. Like, um, like in the men's game, because there's, you know, half the teams about the finals, we get some kind of shitty teams making the finals all year. Not this year, by the way. I think there's probably... I think we are going to have some good teams miss out this year. But mm. some years you get a team in seventh or eighth and they're just kind of shit. In the women's game, we're going to get at least one, maybe two good football teams are not going to be playing in the finals. So that's that's a sign of a strong competition, I guess. And I was worried that uh, the Knights and the Roosters would just be better than everyone else. And they are. But I... I, I I do think that the gap has... I know the Roosters flogged the Tigers this week, but I do think that like quality-wise watching the other games, the gap hasn't been as bad as I was kind of fearing. No, I agree. I I bigger fears with the jump from 6 to 10. 6 to 10. I, I always will, and I know this is a mishmash of sports, but I'm always concerned by the fact that women's cricket is so far ahead of women's rugby league and women's uh, Aussie rules uh, in terms of, you know, it's being at a professional level for longer. Much longer, yeah. And also, no, I don't think it's even just professional side things. It's the fact that, you know, the junior pathways have been set up in a more professional way for longer. Um, and I am always concerned by the fact that in the WBBL, we have eight teams. And obviously that's because there's only eight men's teams. But obviously in the AFLW, there are 18 teams. In the NRLW, there are 10 teams. It seems... Still seems concerning to me that we have more teams in the football codes than we do in the cricket codes, despite the cricket code cricket being a long way ahead of where the football codes are at. Anyway, it's a discussion for a different day, but it's, that's always been a concern of mine. Um, but the gap hasn't been as big as I thought. I do think the next step is uh, a longer home and away season. Obviously, that has its challenges for any number of reasons, but that's when we will get a 
better finals, like as in the you're almost uh, you'll have teams that are making the finals in strong form with probably closer to the four 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 form teams making the finals because then they would have played each other say twice and teams get a chance to figure each other out and you'd probably have um obviously the longer a season is the more you have to go off to make finals anyway, i'm rambling here but you get what i'm saying no i agree i think it's going to come though and i do i am worried that it ha- i sorry I, my worries in the preseason have have disappeared yeah yeah the agreed but it won't be for it won't still be for another three or four years until we get to that point because hmm. the um when they outlined the uh cba and at least the financial agreements for the cba um their scope for expansion in 2020 Five or 20, 2025, I want to say there's scope for expansion then because the season can go an extra two weeks, but it's not till 2028. I'm pretty sure that we can't see a, a, a far longer season unless there are significant changes within what was already agreed upon. Yeah, Simi Renrandra trying the chip and chase. Oh no, it's Simi Redradra. Redradra's away. Simi Redradra. Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will. Yes. Semi Rundrundra. Oh, he's absolutely buried it. Rundrundra. Okay, some news before we get out of here. And I did say earlier, Scott, that no team needed to buy more than Souths. Uh, it hasn't stopped the stories from rolling in, though, <laughs> with uh, Clive Churchill's son, Rod, pop- piping up this week. Uh, to, uh, comments in the Sun Herald, as well as some leaked text messages to him from, uh, sorry, to Nick Pappas, the Souths. Uh, legend in terms of the boardroom uh, from Mr. Churchill back in round 11 when they lost to Parramatta uh, regarding Latrell Mitchell, some really just awful stuff. I think like saying things like that. He's a cancer. Like if you want to say that he's not delivered at fullback, that's fine. That's your opinion. But you know, calling him a cancer. And then like, I think that the, the most dog whistly comment of all of them was um, he, he cares about the indigenous yeah, cause yeah. first and rugby league second. I think, um, and an outrageous comment. And I understand that that was in a text message to someone and probably, I don't know how that's got out, but it is out now. And he said it. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty disgusted with, with those comments. And I can't believe that there's anyone that's shocked that apparently Souths have said that if they're in a grand final in the next couple of years and Rod Churchill's presenting the Clive Churchill medal, then they, they won't accept it. It's an altogether bizarre situation, to be honest. Like the fact that the text messages were leaked is a concern. That, that's a that's a major concern for me. Um, the fact that he said it is obviously, yeah. Like like you say, I'm surprised that there hasn't been more blowback about what he said. To be honest, yep. Like it, it seems to have just been taken as this thing that happened, and like it adds to the narrative or not. But I'm really surprised that there wasn't more blowback. And you know, obviously, I've, Adam Reynolds is speaking up at Brisbane today. Maybe he'll have a bit to say on it. Obviously, we haven't heard from South players um, since last week. Well, sorry. Ken, since. Well, Cam Murray called it bullshit. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. So Cam Murray had to be going. Sorry, Cam Murray had to go. But we haven't. It's not like we've seen players on mass and you know, no. but they haven't spoken yet. So I guess what I'm saying is it's coming to buy a week, but we haven't heard from Souths on mass since then. Uh, we haven't heard from Jason Mitro since then. But obviously that's because he spoke last week. So like, I'm not. What I'm saying is like just mm. the timing of it means that we've we've gone a few days without having Souths players speaking on mass. But I'm surprised there hasn't been. Uh, well. More blowback from externally on, yeah. on comments is, I so, guess, what I'm getting at. Okay. So, first of all, people go, oh, he's entitled to his opinion. It's like, yeah, of course he is. And uh, I used to have this argument with people like, at a previous job when we would amplify the opinions of, of stupid people. And I was like, well, yeah, yeah, he has a right to an opinion. We don't have to 
put that opinion out there for the world to consume in like the, the nation's most read newspaper and, and blare it up on TV programs and things like that. And second of all, who the fuck is Rod Churchill? Who fucking cares what this guy thinks? Are we going to... Am I going to go find Bob McCarthy's third cousin and see what he thinks about all this? Well, maybe I'll go find Paul Sate the fourth and see what his opinions on Latrell Mitchell are. Like, give me a fucking spell. Why is this guy's opinions being amplified to this extent? Why are we having to listen to this guy's takes about Latrell Mitchell, which, by the way, are problematic at, at best and but racist at worst? Like the, the 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 line about the indigenous cause was like just downright offensive yeah and i, found that I understand yeah. that that wasn't meant to be for public consumption but he still said it and if you or any of my friends said something like that to me privately i'd be like mate pull your fucking head in so i'm glad that the club has sort of come out instantly and condemned this in the strongest possible way it's unfortunate that this person who's the son of a one of the most legendary figures in the history of this sport is coming out and saying these things about latrell mitchell and you know what there are valid criticisms about latrell mitchell's play at fullback i agree with you but if you're going to sit there and say he's lazy he's this he's that you also can't ignore all the games he's won for south playing great football he's best player on the field in that finals game last year and he was one of the very few people that did keep their head and didn't get sinned or get into any trouble in that game he was great in that game they don't win that game without him and I'm not saying he hasn't had bad games. I'm not saying that what he did against Newcastle wasn't stupid. I was straight on Twitter after that game to condemn his actions in that game. I thought it was very silly and immature what he did. And sometimes he does silly and immature and lazy things. That's all. That can be true. But what's also true is he's an insanely talented footballer who cares about South and who cares about his craft and who cares about his teammates. And to come out and say that he doesn't care about any of those things is absolutely ridiculous. And again, I never want to hear from this guy again. Like, I, I will be comfortable if I never hear Rod Churchill's takes on another rugby league matter to, for, for the rest of my days. Because I am just stunned at the fact that just because someone has a famous surname, we're subjected to their opinions, not once, but twice, in two separate stories about Souths over this weekend. And I really hope this fires the team up because I'm pretty fired up about the whole thing. And I thought it's, it's ri- ridiculous. I don't think I can say anything more than what you just did because that was <laughs> quite the rant. But no, but the only thing I'd say is just to clarify too, I'm not suggesting like Souths have been strong and I'm, I'm saying I'm surprised there hasn't been more external criticism from outside yes. Souths. Well, mate, people don't like Latrell. And also I will say that if you just saw the headline and you're like, oh, son of South legend says Latrell's not a fullback or calls him lazy. And you might just see the headline and you probably agree with it. And you know what? Fine. You can agree with that. That's That's fine. But it's it's not to actually click on the stories and read that. And Scotty, you know about anyone. A lot of people don't read past headlines and stories. That is right? very true. So there's there's a good chance that a lot of people haven't read things like cancer and only cares about the indigenous cause. I, I think the like, the indigenous uh, cause one too is that wasn't as widely like the like because cancer clicks into a. That's uh, true. Cancer was in a few of the headlines. Yeah. Whereas I don't think the. Like the indigenous cause on which for mine is absolutely the the worst one of the lot um, is like that wasn't could be wrong this but I don't believe it was widely published mm. on our let's be honest our clickbait websites that exist or yeah um, or like I, I don't know that one appeared on the nightly news or whatever you know what I mean so I don't think that that was as widely circulated as obviously the the cancel line which was very was more widely circulated in, in terms of South like putting all that to the side for a moment I, I know you say you're confident going into Friday night, but what actually makes you confident as a South fan that things will turn around? Because I think that this team has been too talented to be dishing up the product that they've been dishing up recently, and it doesn't take a it doesn't take a brain scientist to um 
sort of look at the on-field product and realize that something has been going wrong behind the scenes. Those things have gone from festering to boiling over in the mm. last couple of weeks. And I think that they have boiled over now. And I, I, I will always thank Sam Burgess for his play for the Rabbitohs 2014. You know, the, the entire season was unbelievable. And the grand final, of course, one of the best days of my life. Ne- would never say a bad word about him as a player. But as a coach, I mean, I haven't heard anything great about him. And I haven't heard that, I, in fact, I heard quite the opposite this week. I heard that the training was was a lot better. I heard that the mood around the camp was a lot better this week now that they've allowed everything to sort of be out in the open and to just get that all off their chest. And I think that that will allow them to play with a bit of freedom. And the other part of it is now, mate, because they've gone from a team that was co-favorites with Penrith halfway through the season to now being written off by all and sundry. And I think that athletes love that. Athletes love being written off more than anything. Fucking Penrith players search for reasons to be... yeah have chips on their shoulders all the time. They always search for things that they can say, oh, no one believes in us for this and that. Everyone fucking believes in you, Penrith. Grow up. But like, Souths now have that narrative as well, where they can they can look at the, the last two weeks and really kind of adopt a siege mentality. And I think that those things can only help the club and they can only help the players. And yeah, they'll get it. They'll get a week off. They'll get a guy. I, I know a few guys have been playing hurt. They'll get a, a few guys that get a week of rest. I know there's no, no Latrell Mitchell, but hey, the Roosters probably won't have Joey Manu and they're not going to have Jared Rehargo. So those mm. things kind of even out too. And it's your arch rivals at your home ground, a place you haven't played at in two and a half months or something. I think there's plenty of reasons to try and be positive about Friday. Talk about that more on Friday, of course. But the, yeah, I don't the, think it's time for them to wave the white flag and give up on the season. And I think that all this bullshit that's been coming out in the media in the last week and a half is going to galvanize them to an extent. And if it doesn't, Scotty, then fucking hell, I give up. But then again, it's Mad Monday if it doesn't galvanize them. So I don't have to think about them for six months. A stat you won't want to hear, Matt, but I was just crunching numbers this morning. All right, today is um, if Souths do miss this final series, it'll be the first time since the introduction of the top eight system wow. that the team has missed the finals after being first as late in the season as they were. What a stat. Um, yeah, so I don't like I don't that know if it adds a lot. Well, I don't know if it makes you feel any better. But just well, it does just show, like, I think there is, there's obviously you can't separate the two situations at South. There's the off-field drama, and you spoke a lot about that there, and it's been wildly publicised. But And then there's the on-field situation. And, yes, no doubt there are links between the two. I think that, that's abundant. That, that is clear. But the reality is that beyond all that, this is a team that is, you know, on the verge of the biggest capitulation in you know, the NRL era. So uh, that for me is, um, if I was a South fan, that would be as much of a concern um, for what has well, happened. I'm going to counter your stat with another stat. Blake Taff has never lost in the month of September. <laughs> to Mr. be fair, he's September. also never lost in the month of November, December, January. Yeah, but he's 3-0 and in September, mate. <laughs> Mr. September, they call him. So, you know. What's there Friday? Is... Friday's the first of September. Yeah, okay. exactly right. Good thing it's not a Thursday night game, then, mate. I double check. I double check the calendar before I brought that stat up. <laughs> but yeah, I never lost to the Roosters. Never lost in September. So hey, there we go. We can find stats to prove all of our points, can't we? Thirty-four. Is it fifty-four percent of people know that? Exactly. Uh, all right. And the other bit of news, we we sort of breezed past the injuries and stuff from all the games, but basically, Scotty, from top to bottom, every every team from like. So if you include the teams that are ninth and 10th right now, but are still in contention, every team is going to have guys missing, not either this week or going to the final. So the Broncos, yeah. Broncos will start there. So Broncos, Adam Reynolds. Yep. Big, big, big one there. The Panthers, Jerome Luai, obviously. 
Warriors, Tohu Harris, now that we've talked about. Storm, Jerome Hughes. Luke Metcalf as well, the Warriors. Oh, yeah, and Luke Metcalf, of course, yeah. Uh, yeah. Knights, they've got concerns over Ponga, they can concerns over Hastings, and um, there's someone else as well, or is that it? Um, well, they're the mains. Yeah. Two. Sharks, Nico. Nico, obviously, is a Sharks. Big Raiders one. have got the Red Horse, who's going to be suspended, Jamal and they've got Fogarty. Jamal Fogarty as well. Yeah. Souths, Latrell suspended Luttrell, this week, Tom, Tom Burgess suspended as well. No injuries yeah. for the first time in the whole season, by the way, but two very important players suspended. Cowboys, Val Holmes still on the sideline. He yep. won't be back unless they make the finals. And then the Chooks, of course, starting there. Joe Manu, 50-50 to play, according to Trent Robinson, but the big one is Jared Rearagraves will not be playing. One of well, the we dumbest things... Okay, to well, mate, seriously, if they let him off, we're marching on City Hall. Um... <laughs> One of the dumbest things I've ever seen a player do. Like, at the very least, with the Latrell one last week, at the very least, they're losing, and he's pissed off. And it's not encouraged, and it's not something I condone. But when a guy does that when a team is losing, you at least go, oh, he's being a dickhead because they're losing and he's frustrated. The Roosters were playing the team in last and were up by 20 with, like, eight minutes left or something. Like, why? Why, Jared? Why? Yep. it's uh... And it's also... What I think is also interesting about this is that if his record wasn't so terrible, this would be at most a one-week ban, and he could head to the head to the judiciary this week and try and get his dangerous contact charge downgraded from a grade two to grade one, and he could escape with I don't know six thousand dollars worth of fines or something like that and play um, South Sydney on Friday night. But instead, it goes from one week to six weeks. I know people won't like that, but this is what happens if you're a repeat offender. And that's what Jared is. This he is- also headbutted someone. So, like, he's going to have to get two different charges downgraded, right? No, 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 no. A striking charge is um, is if it's your first offence, is a fine. Okay. Like one striking is a fine. All right. So, he's all good with the headbutt. Well, I'm not saying he's all good. He's getting three weeks for the headbutt. But well, if- how is he going to get that downgraded? Then? No, no. So, what, what I'm saying is if, he's, if his record wasn't as, wasn't as terrible as it is, then he would be able to play. Oh, no, I, I get that. But I, my question to you is, he's got two separate charges. Oh, okay, right? yeah. I, I, could see, I could see them if they really... I mean, first... I don't know, we'll, we'll, by the time people listen to this, they'll know, they'll know whether he's... Okay. Anyway. So it's probably an irrelevant conversation. But but it seems unlikely that he's going to win two different appeals on two things he yeah, very no, clearly think, did. Yeah, yeah. But but I, I do think, yeah, it's... it's I know, you know, but it's worth noting that... He would have got one match if his record wasn't so poor. Instead, he gets six matches, which also is probably, I mean, it depends if the Roosters go deep and obviously they'll probably count the Kiwis games, but... Um, no Vegas. It, it, no Vegas for Jared at this stage, it looks like. If, if you know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they try and challenge one of them. But anyway, yeah. by, by the time people listen to this, they'll know, so it's probably kind of a, a mute point in a lot of ways. Yeah, fair enough. Um, of all those, I think some are more concerning than others. I think like Reynolds, like they don't have to. I don't think they need to be too worried about like Adam Reynolds, for example, the Broncos. I think the Luai one is probably the biggest. I think oh, biggest Nico one. Hines will probably be back relatively soon, if not this week, then for the finals. And then I think Kalen's relatively okay, right? And look, as good as Jackson Hastings has been, Clune's been fine in that deputy Clint's role as well. So yeah. So like Jerome Hughes, Jerome Luai, the Jeromes, the big issues, I think. Yeah, yeah, agreed. They're the two biggest. Agreed. So what are they saying for Hughes? They're saying Luai could be possibly back for a prelim. What are they saying? Luai sounds Hughes? like prelim. Hughes out this week. Uh, I think we'll, we'll learn more in the next couple of days, but Hughes out this week. Um, but, you know, again, what, what do you take from him being out this week? Because they know they've got very little to play for. So uh, 
I, I don't really read much into the fact he's out this week. doesn't mean it won't be long-term, but I don't read a lot into the fact he's out this week. Yeah, fair enough. All right, before we get out of here, a quick thank you to the people in the top two tiers on our Patreon subscription service. Go to patreon.com forward slash rookies. You get access to our Discord server, a third show every single week, merchandise discounts, entry to next year's Culture and Cup, plenty more. I believe Scott Bailey will give you a signed backpack if you sign up this week. Is that true, Scott? <laughs> Indeed. And it's one of the ugliest signatures you'll ever see. So rush in and it's going to be great. I believe you've been working with a, a backpack company on making a nugget-proof backpack. Can you confirm this? Um, look, what I would say is I've been working with a backpack company on a backpack that I can carry around at um, Magic Round drinks for at least two or three hours and not get uncomfortable. Yes, yeah, so I have mm. been working on that. They haven't been able to find one for me yet, but I'm confident lot- by next year's Magic Round, it will be a chance. All right. A lot of people wanted to nugget your bag and will again. So maybe you need, to, you need to try and get that technology into the lab as soon as possible. Well, yeah, look, probably justified, but you win yeah. some, you lose some in life. That's maybe. true. And thank you to Chris Abnell, Dave, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Wayno the Old Coot, Two Black Eyes Can't Be Told, Alex Sergicomi, Bruce the Pom, Butsy, Call Me, King of the Mountain, Chewbacca Snuffleupagus, Dan Cullinane, David, Doc Hogg, and Anonymous Backer, Ed Burton, Frankie, It's Russell Crover, Jace Felix Farnworth, Jason Joe, Joel Wrigley, John, Josh Brandon, Kicks Outs Out of the Comp, Lachlan Hancock, Lifelong Dolphins fan, Luke Charles Smidmore, Mads, Taylor's version, Matt Duggan, Michael, Wake Me Up When the Taylor Swift Questions End, Murray, Mr. Beefy, Morgan Watkins, my name is Matt Bungo, I love Taylor Swift. My name is Matt Bungard and I love the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. My ding ding dong is hard and I'm sad. Never trendy. Pat McManus, Pete Fulcher, Rapana's travel agency. Trips you need. Needs spelled K-N-E-E-D. Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Scorse wants Stuart sacked. See you in Vegas. Shunter Ty, the Black Vegetable, Thor, Tom Hardy. Watch me with it. Watch me Nene. Was and West Lies podcast. Thank you so much for listening to you guys. To everyone in the lower tiers. Everyone who just listens. Thank you as well. What was your favorite one of those, Scott? Uh... Look, I think I think Kicks Out of the Comp remains my favourite every week and it will yeah. not stop being my favourite every week. Well, thank you to Dean for changing his patron name to that and never changing it again. I really appreciate it. Hey, yeah, look, people have plenty of ammo on me if they ever want to clip that out of context and rub it in my face. But uh, I'm not encouraging you to do that. In fact, I'm actively discouraging you. Mate, so am I. I genuinely am. Like, people love stitching me up. So, yeah, oh, well. All right, we will be back on Friday, on Wednesday, if you're a patron. Got one more guest for question time. I'm not sure if Campo's back on Friday. So I'm just going to say, maybe. I don't know. Scotty, where can people find your work? Uh, much like Jasper's answer last week, wherever the good stuff of AAP is published. So a uh, bit, bit of Fairfax or Nine Facts, as we call it these days. Um, ACP, so your regional papers. Seven, ABC, uh, so on and so forth. The League Live app, I don't know. Plenty yeah, of places. Like, I asked Jasper this last week, could you and him combined beat George Clark in a fight? Yeah, no, the answer is still no. Um, Jasper sounded a bit more positive than me, but George, as Jasper said, is Northern Englishman. I've seen how angry they can get in the last couple of months. Mm. I'm not taking George Clark on. So no, and to be fair, I think Jasper probably would beat me in a fight too, because he just, he'd outthink me. Yeah, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't take the low off on the chase though. No, I wouldn't. That is People, the, like literally, we get feedback for every host. Like it's, oh, And by the way, if any guest hosts are listening, you've all got positive feedback. Everyone's been really good. Everyone got really good feedback from people. But the overwhelming feedback I got was Jasper was good, but also took the low off on the chase. I, I really, I've been trying to track down the tape of that and I desperately want to find it. Surely he has it. No, he said he, it was on, um, what's the seven one called? What seven mate or seven? No, nah, like Seven plus, that's it. Yeah. And it was on there for ages and it got taken down and he like didn't... Those those like nine down, seven plus, they're a nightmare to try and download videos off. Yeah, so he never got it. And I don't know, 
what the who the host was. So Grant Denyer. No, I don't know. Depending on who the host was, we may never see it again as well. It might not get reruns. We'll find it. We'll, we'll find someone at that. We, we can we can do this. Yeah. If okay, he knows good. when yes. it was, if he knows when it was and how much they want, we can do this. Okay. Good, and we surely can publish it on your feeds. I think Absolutely. All right. All right. Say goodbye, Scotty. G- goodbye, Scotty. And it's goodbye from me.